If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar. It's Breastfeeding Awareness Month, and in previous podcast episodes this month, we've talked to the clinical experts on the benefits of breastfeeding to moms and their new babies and breastfeeding across cultures. Today, we'll talk with a breastfeeding mom and a lactation consultant, both Nemours associates, about family and community support and the key role it plays in a mother's breastfeeding journey. According to the National Institutes of Health, the negative attitudes of family and friends can pose a significant barrier to breastfeeding. The attitudes and beliefs of fathers, for example, can constitute a barrier or be a positive support mechanism for the breastfeeding mother. Grandmothers, sisters, friends, aunties who are supportive can make a huge difference in a woman's breastfeeding success as well. With us are Lavisha Pelez, Health Equity Research Manager in the Nemours Office of Health Equity and Inclusion and the mother of an 11-month-old son whom she's breastfeeding, along with Yolanda Sterling, a lactation consultant at the Nemours Children's Hospital in Orlando, where she works with breastfeeding and pumping mothers throughout the facility, though much of her work is concentrated in the NICU. Why is support for the breastfeeding mom such an important factor? Yolanda Sterling begins our conversation. Basically, what I have found in my years of experience, it really takes a village. It really does take a village. It takes all kinds of people in your lives. It takes neighbors. It takes all disciplines that you come in contact with. It takes the person that greets you at the door and makes you comfortable to find a place to pump or breastfeed if the moment happens where, you know, these things happen when you don't expect them. Baby needs to feed now. And often if we are not educated from the beginning, from the prenatal, it has to start from the beginning where everybody's on board, where family's on board, where everybody knows your wishes to breastfeed your child. It, it becomes challenging if you don't start that from the beginning. So we have some families that never breastfed before. And then you have a mom that decides, I want to change that. This is important to me. I want to start to breastfeed. And mothers and grandmothers, those female figures in a woman's life, have such great influence on a woman's life. If they say, oh my God, look at that milk. What is that? Look at the color. Look, that is enough. Those negative mental keywords that stick with us are enough to take us in the wrong direction and make us quit. So it is so important not only to educate the mom, the partner, but also the family as a whole. So this starts prenatally to say, this is so important. This is the best nutrition for your baby. Your breast milk is created for your baby. And if everybody can understand all the aspects and benefits for mom, baby, family, then I think education and support from the very beginning and including everyone, it's going to be key. Lavisha, you know this firsthand. You had a great amount of support from 
both your husband and your sister. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think that I would be where I'm at in my breastfeeding journey if it weren't for my sister and my husband. And specifically, you know, I come from a public health background. And so I know how important breastfeeding was. And so when I, you know, became pregnant, I, I knew from day one, like, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't realize how challenging, though, it is to actually breastfeed. And I think that was something that really surprised me when I found myself you know, in the trenches of it, trying to figure this out. And um, it was really difficult. I found that I was struggling, you know, emotionally with the cluster feedings, feeling alone, kind of in the chair with this newborn trying to figure out how to do this. And luckily, like my sister had her child nine months before breastfed. She was somebody that I could call and, you know, understood the emotion that I was feeling in those early weeks. You know, my husband, couldn't really do a whole lot with the actual feeding part, but he was there to bring me water, bring me food, you know, make sure, you know, he was a shoulder that I could cry on as I'm feeding my son, you know. So the two of them definitely, I think without their support, I probably wouldn't have, because I did stop breastfeeding for a period of time because it was just, it was just so mentally and emotionally draining that I just, I needed a break. Um, and so I tried pumping and bottle feeding my son. And things like that. When time went on, and I wanted to to go back into breastfeeding again, um, you know, directly on the breasts, both of them were were instrumental in me making that decision, and still currently breastfeeding my son. You know, to this day, and he's eleven months old, so we're almost at that year mark. They've truly have helped me get to that point. Yolanda, talk about the importance of partners specifically. This is the person with whom you're going to raise this child, and. Their support is really one of the most important sources of support, would you say? Yes, I, I totally agree. I am a mother of four sons, and I tell everyone three times to get it right. And so the third one, and, and I was already helping mothers breastfeed, so it was very frustrating. I have a fantastic, amazing husband who is very supportive, but with life's busyness, which I consider nowadays the word busy to be a very bad word because it, it kind of, you, you hear somebody say that and you feel already, you don't have to say anything else. You feel rejected, you feel omitted, you feel put to the side. So what I find is that husbands, if they really get to understand how important this is going to be, not only for this woman that they're with that has expressed, I want this more than anything else. And if she is important to you and her well-being from mind, body, spirit, soul, their involvement, even with the smallest thing, like Labisha said, sitting there, you know, you're crying. He comes over. It's going to be okay. I know you wanted to do this. You can do this. Let me get you some water. You know, let me get you on the recliner. Let me massage you. Sometimes it's just the little things that a partner can do that are going to make that big a difference. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes men... They just don't understand. A lot of times we're, we're very different. I, we have to say for what it is. They don't understand, but that doesn't mean that they cannot learn to understand and be that partner. I told my moms and my dads when they're sitting there and they're going, I don't know what to do. And they really want to help. I tell them, you participated. This baby's here because of both of you. And so now you have to continue to be a part of this team 
And the way you're going to do that is that you're going to praise this woman. You're going to empower her. You're going to tell her how amazing she is, what a great job she's doing. You're going to touch her hair while she's breastfeeding. You're going to massage her shoulders. You're going to bring her snacks. I wouldn't say the wine and the cheese, but you can bring the grape juice and the cheese while she's feeding and the crackers. And it just makes a world of a difference. Those little details are so critical. Let's talk about the influence of grandparents, particularly grandmothers. And I ask this because I am about to become a grandmother. How can grandparents, particularly grandmothers, help their daughters and daughters-in-law? Just, I think, just like partners and, and neighbors and the community, just continuing to validate and empower and encourage just being available and every so often now with technology, little texts, how are you doing today? I was, you know, thinking about you. Great job breastfeeding. How is it going today? Do you need anything from me? Just those little notes and those little words of validation and encouragement, I think will go a long way. The, the power of words and how the mind interprets what we hear can make you or break you. So let's talk for a minute. We've talked about the importance of the supportive partner, the supportive grandparents, the supportive siblings of, of the mom. Let's talk about women who maybe don't have partners, maybe don't have a supportive partner. Their mother, grandmother never breastfed. They don't have any female siblings. Let's talk a little bit about other means of support so that we can get more women breastfeeding. I'm thinking in terms of uh, clinical support and support groups. Yolanda, talk a little bit about those two resources for women who perhaps don't have, you know, that family support. I wanted to bring up quickly an organization called WABA. It's the World Alliance for Breastfeeding Action. They're a global network of individuals and organizations that get together to protect, promote, and support breastfeeding. And they created something called the warm chain of support. And it gives ideas. I had made some cards for the staff. I had put them together and I put them here today where they have an initiative to support women for the first 1,000 days, not 365, not six months, but 1,000 days. And this starts with prenatal all the way and beyond to the baby's second birthday. And what they say is that these are the actors that are involved in this. As you were saying, it's not just family. In these set of actors, we have family members, but we also have advocates, community health workers, employees, midwife, pediatrician, lactation consultant, obstetrician and gynecologist, policymakers, nutritionists, dietitians, peer support, nurses. And so if we look at this, if a woman goes to, let's say, her prenatal care, if we have staff that are supportive of breastfeeding, her support can begin very early. It can begin there with the nurses, with the referrals to a dietitian. The person that does the sonogram can play a role talking about how wonderful this is and what do you plan to do. And the conversations can start very early. There are educational classes, breastfeeding classes for, for before. And I know we have clinics that are very supportive and many doctors, including Dr. Tara Williams, one of them that I've had the pleasure to meet personally, that are just so supportive of breastfeeding. And we just need individuals like this from beginning 
to end. Um, if we have nurses in labor and delivery that understand the importance, that first hour is so critical, that first hour of saying, you can do this, let's put this baby skin to skin. And even though mom never thought about this before, she might just be surprised how this baby will latch on his or her own. And she would be happily surprised that this happens. And from there, it set the stage for success in the later days of breastfeeding. So it's just, there's so many of us. That's why I said it takes a village from the person that greets you coming in the door to the person that does your prenatal care, to your doctor, to your nurse, to the person that does your vital signs. If we all can think about how important it is to support women, especially if we see them coming alone, you have to think, let me do the extra conversation. Let me do the extra support. All of us, it just takes, it takes all of us from coming in the door till they deliver and leave and come for their, you know, post visits because it, it's not just the beginning. Then after that, you go home and who do you ask and who do you turn to? You know, so you have to now get that extra support. And thankfully, there's a lot of lactation consultants all over the place. I personally give, give them my phone number, the cell. I tell them I am on seven days a week. I know we really can't always do this. But it's so nice to know that you can reach out to somebody and hospitals are 24 hours a day. If we let this mom know you have a question, call the labor and delivery, call the NICU. We're here for you. We're a family at Nemours Children's Hospital. I have started support groups for NICU moms a couple of years ago, and that has worked really well. Of course, it's, you know, with COVID and everything else, but with the help of the social workers, music therapists, we alternate. And I take one week, one hour, I call it a tea party. So I make it fun. So they're not intimidated. You know, I bring mother's milk tea and all kinds of tea and oatmeal cookies and say, look, oatmeal is good for you. We can eat a cookie and let's have a tea. And I drink mother's milk tea with them, even though God knows I am done with childbearing, but I, I, I do it in support of what they're doing and to show them that, you know, we're here for you. So we have to continue to do those. We have to do better to do more support groups and follow up and telehealth and video visits because that's the world we're living in. And I think that, that that's what's working. We just need to do a lot more of that, bring everybody on board, more awareness. Lavisha, any thoughts? Yeah, I would definitely add some of the things that I found really helpful over the last year or so in this journey has been a lot of really great groups on, on social media. So on Facebook specifically, there are lactation-focused groups that are international. I've been able to find some that are based on my specific you know, area. I'm from Maryland, so specific to my area of like local moms who are going through or may have questions. I'm a part of another group that is focused on Black women and breastfeeding, where all of the content relates to questions, concerns, issues to get advice and, and thoughts and, and support from people who are going through what you're going through. I found those to be, especially when you're, you know, in the middle of the night, late night, you know, nursing and things like that and go on Facebook and you can read through the various different posts. I think that's something that is super helpful, especially if you're doing this on your own or you don't have support to breastfeed. That is another really great resource of, you know, connecting within your community to folks. And I also think that like, for me, I was fortunate enough that there were people in my life that had babies relatively around the same same age. I mentioned my sister. There's a few college friends, um, both my sister and myself, who recently had babies. 
who all had different experiences with breastfeeding, but have had some experience with breastfeeding. And so I think that um, even just being around individuals who may not necessarily be family, but who are in your life, who are supportive of it, lean on those folks to provide that support, to provide that encouragement. And just know that if you are breastfeeding your child, that that is the best thing you can do for your child um, nutrition-wise and just kind of stay true to, to those morals and and not let negativity or other individuals not understanding breastfeeding or not understanding the value of breastfeeding get in the way of you doing what you think is best you know, for your child. Because generationally, I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into why Maybe some of our mothers or grandmothers did not breastfeed their children, but, you know, through education and, and change in times that has shifted and, and it might take you to be the person in your family to explain and educate other family members. So that way they understand like how things have changed and why it's important and why they need to support you in, in doing this. Something that was really helpful for me through this last year has been basically conversations I've had with other moms around the fact that like one person's journey in breastfeeding isn't necessarily going to be your journey in breastfeeding and for me it was a bit of a roller coaster you know I I started and then I stopped and then I started again kind of because of some family circumstances where my son was home with me all the time and that kind of kick-started me back into breastfeeding and it was very up and down and then you know, when you get sick, sometimes like your supply drops and then you have to work on building. Like, so I feel like there's a lot, um, the journey can be very windy and, and it may not necessarily be this like ideal, like, you know, I breastfed my child and everything was perfect from day one and like no problems, no issues. And here we are, you know, a year later and it's still amazing. Like there is a lot that goes into breastfeeding and there can be a lot of medical challenges. There could be, you know, a lot of home challenges that that can make it even harder. And so I just think that for those who may be in that space of feeling guilty around contemplating whether or not to breastfeed or whether to pause breastfeeding or whether, you know, not to breastfeed at all, I would just say that that it is a journey and it's unique to you. And in my experience, there's nothing wrong with restarting breastfeeding if you feel like you stop you need a moment to stop or you know kind of taking that time to make sure that um that your needs are taken care of as well because it is a lot and it is really challenging but it is very rewarding and it's something that I definitely am glad that I went through and experienced yeah to to what um Elabisha said this this journey is very individual and we are also culturally diverse and diverse in, in, in so many ways, you know, society, where we grew up, where we come from. The bottom line is that I say you can do it. And if you come through a time that you need to pause, one educational piece that I will say about that, and, and Labisha can attest to that, even if you stopped or you paused, I have moms who stop for four or five days and they say, that's it. You know, I, I, I quit and I don't know what to do. Well, you know, if you still have breast milk. You can still go back to where you were, even if you took a pause. You took a pause to pump. Some people pause because of stress, these babies in the NICU, different medical circumstance, family circumstance. You still have a chance to go back and relactate. If you have milk, it's never too late. And, you know, if there's any questions, find support. 
find la leche leak, talk to your OBGYN, medical doctor. There's a lactation consultant, a breastfeeding counselor, WIC, so many people that can just help you get back on that track. But just don't feel like you're alone. Yolanda Sterling is a lactation consultant with Namoris Children's Hospital in Orlando. She was joined in conversation by Lavisha Pelez, Health Equity Research Manager in the Namoris Office of Equity and Inclusion, based in Washington, D.C. Special needs babies breastfeed too, and that's where we'll conclude our August breastfeeding series next time around, with a visit from a Nemours associate whose son successfully breastfed and formula fed at the same time as a matter of medical necessities from his very earliest days. At age five, however, her son, and in fact her husband, still require formula as part of a diet to alleviate a genetic metabolic condition. So we'll look into this year's formula shortage and the impact it has had on their lives. Please join us. Your podcast, your ideas. The Nemours Champions for Children podcast centers on the work and stories of Nemours associates just like you. Our interviews are all done remotely, so let's hear your ideas. Email podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. Our music today is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Production assistance is courtesy of Allison Craft, Peter Adebi, Deborah Griffin, and Savannah Pettit. The Nemours Champions for Children podcast is available on Nemoursnet, the Nemours Now app, and anywhere you find your other favorite podcasts, including your smart speaker. On behalf of Lavisha Pelez and Yolanda Sterling, I'm Carol Vassar, and thank you as always for listening to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.